Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. I'm so glad you're all here this morning. How exciting what God has done the past three Saturdays in a row with our kids encounter retreat, our men's encounter retreat, and our ladies encounter retreat. I believe Encounter Church uh, has entered into a new season of revival, a new season of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and a new season of victory. And so we're just excited about that this morning. You know, last Sunday we had a very special Sunday. We had Pastor Sue Yeager here with us, who, who was here last Sunday and really was inspired by that. It was awesome to hear the word from Pastor Sue. She talked about having hidden, uh, talked about being a, a hidden hero, right? And today we're coming back to solid. Everybody say solid. solid, which is our theme for the entire year 2020. We're going to talk about being strong disciples. And so let's go ahead and go to our year long theme verse. By now, many of you have probably memorized it. If not, you will have memorized it within the next couple of weeks, but it's Matthew 7, 24. Let's read it all together. Ready? Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And we say, church, what do we say together as a family? This is our year-long slogan. Ready? Practicing God's word makes me strong. Let's say it again. Turn to somebody and tell them, practicing God's word makes you strong. Turn to somebody else and tell them, practicing God's word makes you strong. (laughs) All right, I think we're all about settled now. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is alive. It is active. It is acting in us and in this place today. We thank you that your word is producing results in our lives and we open our hearts. We open our soul. We open our mind. We open our spirit. We open our life. We open ourselves up totally to you and we just invite you to speak to us everything you want to say to us today. Come on, why don't you just say something like this? I receive your word today, God. I receive your word with an open heart and an open mind. Change me today in Jesus' name. Amen. Practicing God's word makes me strong. Now, for the month of January, right, we, um, we had our first focus, if you will. We're having a, fo- a different focus every month. Throughout the year, we're talking about practicing God's word that makes us solid. It makes us strong disciples, right? In the first month of the year, we talked about sin and salvation, and we called it the... Ah, very good. The rescue. And now we're going to be moving into, now that we're in the month of February, we're moving into uh, our second focus, which is going to be about lordship and obedience. And today we're calling it, who's in charge? Turn to somebody and say, who's in charge anyway? (laughs) Turn to somebody and say, who's in charge here? Who running this thing? That's right. Deuteronomy 30:16. If you'd like to follow along on the screen or in your own Bible, also want to invite you to pull out your bulletin on the inside. You'll find a little outline that'll help you follow along. Deuteronomy 30, verse 16. For I command you today to... Oh, let's try that again. For I command you today to... Love, love the Lord your God and to... Keep. keep 
his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you'll live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. Let's look at John 14, 15. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. We find here in these two scriptures, and I could give you dozens more if we had time to do it, that basically say the same thing, and that is this. It's an undeniable principle of truth throughout the Bible from cover to cover. This is the main truth that we're going to be focusing on the month of February. It is, it is this, that when it comes to a relationship with God, love equals lordship. Love, real love for God is lordship. It's lordship. I can only love the Lord if he indeed is my Lord. Come on, let that just sink in for a second. The only way I can truly love the Lord is if he's my Lord. If I'm submitted to him as my Lord, I can say I love Jesus. I can say I love God. I can say I can use all these different terms. But in reality, if the Lord is God, the only way I can truly love him is if he's my Lord. Come on, say love, love. equals lordship. Lordship equals love. The only way I can evidently, clearly love Jesus is through obedience. See, feelings and good sentiments and happy thoughts about the Lord, I hope you have them. But that doesn't necessarily mean I love him. Not according to the Bible. Not according to God's definition of love for God. According to God's definition of love for God, love for God is obedience to God. Love for the Lord is to live my life under his lordship in my life. Love is lordship. So let's go to our main passage for the day, which is going to be found, believe it or not, in Matthew chapter 7, right? Matthew 7 is our year-long uh, uh, scripture, but today we're going to read a different portion of it to understand this first message about lordship. Matthew 7, we're going to read 13 through 29, all right? And once again, every time, if you're not used to this, every time I pause, you say the word. Ready? Got four people ready. Ready. Who's ready for the word? All right. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. I don't believe God sends people to hell. Well, good, because Jesus said we choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, 
and only a few ever find it. Say gate, gate. and road. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is the way they act. Oh. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes? Or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, just as you can identify a peach tree because it produces peaches, or as my wife would say, she doesn't say it anymore, but she used to think this, and all of you Georgians are going to think this is hilarious. The only way to identify a peanut tree... is when it produces one time we were driving through the country and i said look peanuts she's like where i'm like right there where where are the trees it's all right she's from the desert they don't have peanuts out there all right so the only way to pr uh, prove what a tree is is by its fruit so you can identify people by their good intentions You can identify people by their happy thoughts. You can identify people by the way they talk, the way they dress. No. You can identify people by their actions. Come on, is any, we got any people in here? We are identified by our actions. Uh-oh. So not everyone, Jesus is still speaking, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord. I mean, how many people say Jesus is Lord or call on the, you know, use the term Lord for Jesus, right? I mean, it's one thing to say Lord and it's another thing for him to actually be your Lord. So Jesus says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter on judgment day. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. Come on, we did all the stuff. We knew, used your name to get good stuff. But I'll reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Here we go again. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on? Bedrock. Come on, say solid. solid. On bedrock, right? But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come, because they shall, right? And the wind beats against that house because it will, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the, crowd, the crowds were amazed at his teaching for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. 
One more verse. Let's go to John chapter 14, verse 16. This is a very common one. You've probably heard it. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I want to give you three words today. They're very similar and they go together. And sometimes we even use them interchangeably. But these three words, although they are very similar, they're not the same exact word. And each word carries a little different weight, a little different meaning, okay? So as I say these three words, you're going to think, oh, you're kind of saying the same thing three times. But I want you to listen to the subtle differences in these three words and apply them to your relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord. Because love equals lordship. The only way to love the Lord is for him to actually be my Lord. So I'm going to, since it's there in your outline, I'll let you write it down really quick. I'm going to give you these three words. Jesus, number one, is the gate. Number two, Jesus is the road. And number three, Jesus is the way. He's the gate. He's the road. And he's the way. Let's look at number one. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the gate. You know, This kind of takes us back to January as we talked about the rescue, right? The the gate, he's the way in, right? It's we're saved by grace through our faith, right? He's the gate. Jesus is the way in, right? It's by grace through faith. So listen, Jesus is the gate or the doorway into a relationship with God. Jesus is the doorway into a relationship with God. And yes, and yes, just in case you were wondering, despite modern deceptive spirituality, he really truly is the only gate. He really is. I was thinking about that this week. And this phrase popped in my mind, and it's the silliest thing I've ever, it just popped in my mind, and I'm going to have you say it, even though it's silly. Are you ready? Repeat after me. Not all flights fly to Indonesia. Come on, let's say it. Not all planes, that's a better way. Not all planes fly to Indonesia. See, not all doors, not all gates open up into the same road. A lot of gates look similar. A lot of doors look similar. In fact, this door right here, and there's another door around there, right? They look very similar. Almost the same. One might have a little scratch on it. But when I open up different doors, it takes me into different places. And the problem with modern day spirituality, this way of thinking that has been highly embraced and accepted, unfortunately, even by many people who call themselves Christians, is that, you know, there's more than one way to God. There's more than one way to a relationship with God. It doesn't have to be Jesus. Come on, say, not all planes fly to Indonesia. 
Now listen, if this afternoon you take all, you know, you leave from church and you head down to Hartsfield, Jackson, Atlanta International Airport and you go to Terminal A, B, C, D, E, F, or T, the world's busiest airport, right? I can promise you that as you walk, let's say that your flight is supposed to leave from, from A, from the A gates, right? And you hop on the plane train and you get to the A, uh, the, the, the A terminal and you begin walking past gate 1, 2, 3, 4, 5,327, however many there are. And you walk and you go, that plane looks an awful lot like that plane. It looks an awful lot like that. Now, that one's a little different. That one looks about the same as that one. Only one of those planes is going to take you to Indonesia. It doesn't matter how much it looks like the plane that takes you to Honolulu. It doesn't matter how similar that gate, because we call them gates at airports, right? It doesn't matter if gate A23 and gate A24 and gate A25 look almost exactly the same and the planes look almost exactly the same if you go through the wrong gate and get on the wrong flight you are not going to indonesia you might end up in honolulu you might end up in timbuktu but if you want to go to indonesia you get go, you got to go through the right gate right not everything that looks like god or feels like god is god not everything that people call God is God. Jesus said, I am the gate. The gate. Not one of many gates, but the gate. And again, we, read, we just read in John 14, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through this gate. Right? Come on, tell your neighbor, you got to go through the right gate. Now, I don't imagine everybody wants to go to Indonesia, but... You know, just where you want to go? Where do you want to go? Eternally, where do you want to go? Heaven or somewhere else? But let's bring it, let's just bring it to this current life. Not just eternal life in heaven. Where do you want to go right now? I don't know about you, but I want to go to the Father. I want to be in relationship with the Father. And Jesus made it so clear that He is the gate and it is a narrow gate. In other words, it's not kind of however you want to make it through. No, no, it's through Him and only through Him. Only Jesus. Come on, say only Jesus. Now, He's not only the gate... Let me just say that one more time. Not all doors open into the same road and not all roads lead to the same destination. Do not be deceived. Sorry, I have to go back to this, but I just... Do not be deceived. If it's not Jesus, it's not the gate. It's not the door. He's also, number two, the road. Jesus is the road. Jesus is not only the door that gets us in, he's also the road that gets us there. <laughs> that gets us where we're going. How silly would it be for you to be at the airport and you're about to board your flight to Indonesia, right? And you go through the gate and then you just stand at the entrance of the skyway, the sky bridge. And, meh, you just, 
Listen, did you go where you were trying to go? If you don't not only go through the gate, but then get on the flight or in on the train or on the bus or whatever it is you're getting on to go wherever it is you're going, I'm glad you went through the gate, but what if you don't get to go where you're going? See, Jesus didn't just describe himself as the gate. Right away, he also described himself as the road. See, it's not enough just to get in the gate. You've got to get on the road to get to go where you're going. Um, this is another silly thing that popped into my brain, so I'm just going to say it. It's great to hop on the train, but, unless, uh, but it's useless if you don't stay on the tracks. <laughs> We got a lot of people that have hopped on the Jesus train. But sooner or later have just decided not to go on his tracks. If you hop on the Polar Express, come Christmas time, whoop-de-doo. Because if you decide three minutes down the road to hop off the Polar Express, are you going to make it to the North Pole and see Santa Claus? <laughs> we first got to go through the gate, but then we've got to stay on the road. We first got to hop on the plane, but then we've got to trust that pilot to take us to Indonesia. We first got to hop on that train, but we've got to stay on those tracks if we're going to get where we're going. See, Jesus isn't just the way in. He's the way there. In case you need a little bit more help, because I know I always need a little bit more help to understand things. Believing in Jesus gets me onto the right path, but only Following Jesus will actually lead me down that right path. Believing in Jesus gets me onto the right path, but only following Jesus will actually lead me down that right path. True disciples, we just read, Jesus said it. Jesus himself said it. True disciples will produce the fruit of obedience. Because listen, what's in our heart, what's in our heart will inevitably flow out into our behavior. See, there are people that say, Jesus is the Lord of my heart. But if we take a look at their life, And I'm not saying that, listen, please bear with me. I'm not saying that to condemn anybody, to point any fingers. There have been times in my life where I know that my life may not be necessarily clearly expressing the lordship of Jesus. But if he's really my Lord, I'll recognize it, I'll repent, and I'll get on the right track. Because if he's truly the Lord of my heart, my life will show it. There's no such thing as a Christian only in their heart. 
You have to first be a Christian in your heart. But believe me, if you are born again, a new life will start coming out of you. Now, you'll have to learn to live that new life because when we are born again, we're so used to the old life that we, 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 we've received a new life, we've received a new heart, but we don't necessarily know how to live it. And so we have to learn how to live the new life. And we call that, you whispered it because you're not sure if it's the right answer, but it was the right answer. What is this whole process of learning to live a new life in Christ called? Discipleship, right? Discipleship. True disciples, true disciples, a.k.a. good trees, will produce good fruit, the fruit of obedience to Jesus. And finally, number three, Jesus is not only the gate, he's the road. He gets us in and he gets us there, right? But I find it really interesting. Jesus said he was the way. And you might think, isn't that the same as the road? Yes. But there's a slightly different connotation in this word. Because a lot of times when we think the word way, come on, say way. way. I, I, want, I, want, I want you to say a phrase and you're going to get the feeling I'm, I'm, I'm trying to express here. There's a way. Or where there's a will, there's a way. Right? I'd love to become a millionaire one day. There's a way. Man, I want to be a great parent. There's a way. I want to get super healthy this year. There's a way. There's a way to do that, right? But that's not the word here when Jesus said, I'm the way. Listen, Way doesn't just mean a form, a method, or a manner. It's not just, there's a way to do that. No, no, no. The word way, when Jesus says, I'm the way, it literally means path. There's a path marked out, okay? Like, he referred to it in Matthew 7 as the highway, right? There's a highway. It's not just because, a lot of times people think that Jesus is the way, as in like, he's just a solution, right? He's my method. He's my manner. He's my form of getting things done. And yes, I hope he is your form, your method, and your manner. But if all he is is my form, my method, and my manner, then I ain't going anywhere. He's got to be my way, my path. Right? Jesus is your way only if you're going his way. Come on, let me say that again. Jesus is the way, but he's only my way if I'm going his way. I got a few more, mm, so let me say it again. Jesus is the way, not just the method or the manner or the form or how to get it done. No, he's the path to get to everything God says we are and we can have. He's the not just the way to get in, but he is the path that leads me all the way to eternal life. He's not just the way into a relationship with the Father, but he's the way I walk on. And as I walk on this way, I learn to have a relationship with the Father. 
He's not just the way in to get God's blessings. No, 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 no. As I walk his way or his path, then I get to experience along the way. Everybody say along the way. See, when you think of the word way, you don't think of like, right. So um, I want to go to Miami. If I want to go to Miami, then I have to get on I-75 and follow it all the way there. Just getting on I-75 and then giving up downtown Atlanta. And I know it sounds like I'm almost repeating myself because I kind of sort of am. But so many Christians, they come through the gate. They start their way down the road, but they don't go all the way. We give up. We give in. We settle. We get off (laughs) the road. We even exit and turn around. I want to say this with all due respect to whatever type of religious background you may have grown up in and those that didn't grow up with any sort of religious background tend to get get this even easier. You have to go all the way with Jesus. All the way. Not part. He who endures to the end shall be saved. It's not enough to follow Jesus for 10 years and then forget about it. Get off the way. Get off the highway. Exit. Go a different way. He's the way all the way there. See, if I really want to not only get to heaven, which is just the final destination, but I want to enjoy and experience all that I can have in a relationship with my God as my Father and all the blessings and all the promises and everything that's promised to us as disciples of Jesus, as children of God, I've got to stay on the highway. And you ought to stay in the HOV lane because it's better to do it together. That was for free. I didn't even think of that until right now. (laughs) Carpooling Christianity is way better than being over there on the right side where everybody stopped. If you go together, you get there faster and safer. Everybody go get the peach pass. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up this point. This is so important. And so many of us just, listen, for many years, I didn't get this. I just be honest with you guys. I, I grew up in church. I've been going to church since I was either four or five years old when my mom got saved. She drug us there. Hallelujah. So thankful for that. But I knew the Bible 
I received Jesus as my Savior with Gospel Bill. Only a few people snickered because only a few people know who Gospel Bill was. Go, go Google Gospel Bill. He was awesome. He was a kid's evangelist. But I guess you could say I was in, like a lot of Christians, right? Like a lot of believers, we're in. We're, like, we're, we're in. We, we went through the gate. We called on Jesus as to, to save us. We declare with our mouth, Jesus is our Lord. We believe in our heart. Jesus died on the cross and was risen from the grave. And he's the Lord and he's the Savior. But, but we're just not walking his way. And this is what I found through 24 years of following Jesus for real. You ready? Are you sure? If I'm going to go his way, I've got to abandon my own way. Abandon it. You cannot get to Miami on I-20. You might like I-20 better than I-75. You might like the 777 that's taking you to Honolulu better than the 767 that's going to Indonesia. But if you're trying to get to Indonesia, you better get on the 767 and stay on it. If you're trying to get to Miami, you better get on I-75 and stay on it. Actually, it goes to Tampa. I think it eventually goes to Miami. <laughs> it does. All right. Another way I like to say this is I have to trade my ways for his ways. I can't hold on to my ways and also have his ways. I can't insist I'm going to go my way. I'm going to stay on I-20 because I like I-20, but I'm going to try to go on I-75 at the same time. How many of you know? It's not going to work. I must inevitably abandon my own way if I'm going to go his ways. I have to trade my way for his ways. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24 and 25 to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. In other words, my way. Trade your way for my way. If you try to hang on to your life or your way, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, if you give up your way to go my way, you'll save it. Back to where we started in the beginning, but in a different gospel. This is Luke 6, 46. And we're done. I want to ask everyone as we, as we close here, let's keep our hearts focused because I feel like the Holy Spirit is really dealing with some of our hearts today and he wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. He wants to set you free from your own way so you can truly enjoy his way. 
But Luke 6, 46, why do you keep calling me Lord? Why do you keep calling me Lord? When you don't do what I say. I'll show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching and follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it's well built. He's only my Lord if he's really my Lord. <laughs> Listen, he's the Lord. He is the Lord. In fact, every knee one day is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess on earth, in heaven, under the earth, all the angels, all the demons, all the humans, <laughs> all the creatures, the water, the trees, the mountains, the stars, everything is going to bow its knee and declare, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, He's the Lord. But is He my Lord? In no way is this a finger-pointing, condemnation-filled word. But Jesus said it. He said it with love. He said it with grace. He said it with mercy. And he's saying it to me today. And he's saying it to you today. Why do you keep calling me Lord and not do what I say? That's not Lordship. That's not love for Jesus. Love is Lordship. Love is submission to Him, to His Word. Love is, I love you so much that I'm going to give up my own way and I'm going to embrace your way. I'm going to give up my own ways of thinking and I'm going to accept your ways of thinking. I'm going to give up what I feel and I'm going to embrace what you feel and what you say. See, we say it again and again, practicing God's word makes me strong because it's practicing God's word that makes the Lord my Lord. Practicing God's word makes me strong, right? Why does it make me strong? Because it's practicing God's word that makes the Lord my Lord. When I practice his word, when I obey his word, it's more than just Lord, Lord. It is my life clearly expressing and declaring Lord, Lord. Obedience. Today, just before we close and we go, have you been born again? I didn't say, have you been to church? Have you said, Jesus is Lord? I didn't say, have you come to an altar, bowed a knee, prayer to magic prayer? Oh, that's good. I came to an altar. I bowed a knee. I prayed a magic prayer one day. But let me tell you, the day I decided to submit my life and surrender, I, I didn't become perfect. But I'll tell you this, 
something absolutely definitively changed on the inside of me and I was no longer the Lord of my life Jesus was the Lord and I can tell you since then I don't have the same life it's called being born again have you been born again have you more than just done the church thing? Have you more than just said a magic prayer? Have you been born again? Have you received a totally new life in Christ? If you have, wonderful. It's time to learn to live that life. But maybe somebody today, you just say, look, I haven't even received a new life yet. Or I'm not sure if I have. Or, you know, maybe I used to feel like I followed Jesus, but I'm not really sure I'm following Jesus. Or I know I'm not really following Jesus today. But I want to make a decision. Rather, it's a first-time decision. Listen, it's all the same. Rather, it's a first-time decision to follow Jesus. Or maybe you used to follow Jesus and you haven't been following him. And you need to come back to the way. You need to get back. You need to come back through that gate. You need to get back on that road. And you want to make a decision. I'm going all the way. Today is your day. If you wouldn't mind, let's everyone bow our heads and close our eyes. Today is the day to enter the gate, walk the road, and go His way. But Jesus said it so clearly in Matthew 7, it's a choice. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not something someone else can decide for you. Wide is the, the gate wide is the highway that leads to hell and many choose to go that way but you can also choose to go through the narrow gate and stay on the narrow road and follow Jesus all the way the rest of your days and today I believe there's some of you in this place that need to make that decision rather it's for the first time or you just got it today the light bulb went off in your heart and you say, that's me. I want to truly, really, fully commit my life to Jesus. I want to turn away from my own way. That's called repenting. And I want to embrace the cross. And I want to choose to go Jesus' way with every head bowed and every eye closed. I know that that's several of you. So just right now, Rather, it's a first-time decision or you need to come back and get back on the right path. If that's you, I'm not going to make you come to the front. I'm not going to even single you out. I just want to know who we're praying with today. If that's you, please raise your hand right now. Say, that's me. I want to either give my life to Jesus for the first time, praise God, or I want to come back to him. Who else says, that's me? Praise God. Who else says, that's me? Praise the Lord. Good. Several of you. I feel like it's about two or three more of you. You need to make this decision. You need to choose his way today. Who else is that today? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I could just quickly move on, but I feel like there may be another person or two that says, that's me. If you already raised your hand, you can put it down. That's okay. Anybody else say, that's me today. I need to come to Jesus or I need to come back to him. All right, let's do this all together as a family, right? Because we, it's better to do this together. We can only make individual personal decisions, but then we walk this path together. Rather you raised your hand or not is, is beside the point. If that's you right there in your seat, 
You can be born again right now. If you've been backslidden, you can come home right now. If you've gotten off the path, you can get back on the path right now. I want to end just everybody all together as a family. Let's pray this. And if this is really for you, I want you to really mean it with your heart. Let's say, Lord Jesus Christ. Come on all together. Lord Jesus Christ, you came for me. You lived for me. You died for me. You are the way, the truth, the light. You are the gate, the only way to the Father. Jesus, today I make a conscious choice to abandon my way and I embrace your way. I turn away from my way. I embrace your way. Jesus, I am no longer my Lord. You are my Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. You died for me. You rose for me to give me new life. And today, I receive that new life. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Breathe in me. I want to be born again. Jesus, come on, this prayer is for everybody. Jesus, I want to go your way the rest of my days. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.